Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very important podcast here at the Verb Pod Network. This is the colliding of two worlds, essentially. This is Kevin Kelly from Winners Take Y'all joining me here on the Verb Pod Network for an episode of Moto Album. Moto Album is and essentially, to me, it's the ability for a motocross band to sort of flip through a moto a photo album with someone from the motocross industry, whether it's a photographer or a motocross legend, like we did uh, one with Jeff Emig. This is an opportunity to sort of go down memory lane and uh, pick out some stories that maybe you don't have a photographic memory like Kevin Kelly. And uh, it actually probably didn't need any visual aids to help him out, but it was pretty fun. And I'm also going to make this available on on uh, YouTube on the Big MX Radio YouTube. So uh, you guys can go check that out as well, but enjoy this podcast. And while you're checking it out, why don't you head on over to verbmoto.com forward slash contest. Check out all the ways that you can enter and uh, get all of the cool content to uh, make your own videos and, uh, yeah, some really, really cool stuff going on with that stuff. So test your metal, get creative, and uh, check out some content that you've never seen before from our friends over at Yamaha. All right, let's get to the podcast. I can do yeah, it. I am going to run out of time with you, but this is a Verb podcast. This will go on to the Verb pod network, and uh, joining me is uh like this is like the colliding of universes this is kevin kelly formerly of dmxs radio and now with winners take y'all um yeah like to to take a page out of your book kevin kelly welcome to the show my friend yeah man thanks for thanks for having me uh i don't know why you want to interview i had a friend of mine just hit me up uh clint esposito and he, uh, we did an interview literally a week ago. I've, I've never done these. I've never done one for pulp or like we've had all those guys on our show, but I've, David's done pulp. Yeah. And he's done some other stuff, but I've never, nobody has ever asked to, to know what the hell I've been into, but whatever. Yep. Well, and yeah, yeah, you're, you're a busy guy. You're getting phone calls, uh, phone here and there, know. but yeah, honestly, I think like, I think like for me, I've been around this long enough that I, I was like, uh, like kind of unplugging my dad's fax machine so that I could get dial up internet, be able to listen to DMXS radio and get in the chat room and, and, uh, make my username something funny to make you say like, uh, huge direction or something along those lines, uh, as far as, uh, usernames and whatnot. Um, so I, I kind of know the story and I'm sure there's going to be some stuff that we talk about throughout this podcast where, uh, I learned some stuff that I don't even know. Um, but I think, yeah, there's probably a lot of people who they like, they know of you, they know like kind of the gist of it, but they don't yeah. really know, like kind of like kind of peel back the layers of the onion to feel to find out how badly you truly do stink. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of get into it a little bit because yeah, you've got stories on stories. I mentioned this to you over the, the, we were going back and forth over text. We could probably do like nine of these repeat, no stories and still have leave a lot on the, a lot of uh, meat on the bone. Um, but yeah, like this is a moto album. I thought, like, we talked off air. I thought it'd be cool if anyone could ever go through a photo album with either a guy like you or a motocross legend to sort of pull out those stories um, and, like, ask some questions that, like, sort of, like, hey, what are you talking into in this one picture right here? And who the hell's filming you? Yeah, that was, uh, I was looking at that. I, as I, you asked to see some photos, I was like, damn, dude, there's, like, a million photos. Like, I sent you probably 80 photos, literally. Minimum, yeah. Minimum. So that is a microphone, and I don't know why, but back in the day, we had a tape recorder, and <laughs> look how dainty my little fingers are. I'm, like, barely holding. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But like, 17 I, here? What's that? 
You're like 17 years old. That's Loretta's. That has to be Loretta's. Which one? The, the, oh, you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I, I was talking about the one where you're, I, I, you are, t- yeah, you have a very tiny microphone that you are handling with your dainty little fingers there. Um, yeah, I'm talking about the kid photo. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like six, five, six years old there. That's right. So stupid microphone. It, like, what, what, is, is this a, a corded microphone that's connected to yes, a camcorder? Yeah. You started at a young age. Is this the first episode of DMXS? Yes, that was 1979, and that's the first episode of DMXS. I was talking about the the great ride that Mark Barnett had just had. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, talking about uh, uh, that young whippersnapper uh, Jeff Ward making his pro debut on Suzuki's uh, those FMF Suzuki's back in the day. That's right. Um, you were a B baller. We know this. Uh, number twenty two in your program, number one in your heart. With right. um, who was it in the nineties that used to run with the short shorts? Uh, every single person ever, John Stockton, everybody. Stockton, wore. yeah. Super short, but then uh, Jordan came and that changed everything. But that's the number 22. I run that because of Keith Turpin. I okay. love that number. So Chad Reed stole that for me. Obviously, that's my seventh grade year starting point guard for your Turner Indians. I like that. Yeah, no, the, the, the super short shorts, that was the style of the time. Uh, strong yeah. Hair, strong hair, dude. Very intimidating. Is that, is it, like, I, you can't tell from the photo. Uh, there's it's a little, not, there's a little the bit going on back there. You got, you got some party in the back going on? Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit happening in the back. And then over that other photo is at Loretta's and yeah. we were filming, uh, Scooter Warriors. And that's my buddy, Jared Harris, who's a pro BMXer and he owns Jared's place, the, the, the first ever, uh, shuttle park in Georgia. Like, so he's literally 45 minutes from me and he opened this bitchin', uh, all things mountain bike, huge, whatever. Looks like something you'd see in uh, Canada or something. It's dope. So he's a badass. Yeah. Him and my buddy Joey, um, they did a magazine called Practice Track. And there's pictures of Joey and there's some stuff in Practice Track in some of those photos I sent you too. So, but uh, yeah, that's what we were filming. They made a, a movie way before uh, even uh, Jackass. It was very, very much Jackass. It was ridiculous. Jackass before Jackass. Scooter Warriors and Helmet Butt. Fair enough. Well, I, I don't know if you could find those on uh, on yeah. YouTube or, or or somewhere lost in the ether, but it, it does look like you're filming on uh, one of those like eight millimeter cassettes. So if you were editing that, that would have to have been like reel to reel on an actual uh, like a VHS. Yes. Player. Yeah, I'm talking into something. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm taking notes from the race or whatever. I wouldn't even. It looks like an iPhone that. six. Like, There's like, no way that's an iPhone. That is probably, <laughs> that is probably two thousand. 99,000, yeah. so there's no smartphones yet. No, no, no. Remember back in the day when you used to, like, open up your phone or if you accidentally clicked the, like, the browser thing and it would open up and you thought that, like, your your phone, like, it was, like, it would, like, it would circle and you're like, oh, no, I don't want to access the internet here because that's going to charge me an arm and a leg. <laughs> I do. I'm like, who needs this on their phone? I'm like, this is so dumb. Like, and then it slowly just kept getting worse and worse to where, I mean, the phone's literally attached to your body now, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, my phone gave me the, the nice advice or the, uh, maybe not advice, but uh, it informed me that, uh, my average screen time last week was six hours a day, um, which is obscene. Um, so yeah, that needs to change. Um, yeah, you, you, you existed in such a neat time within the sport. Your formative years is like late, like mid to late eighties, uh, for the most part. Like like you were born, what year? What year? 72. 72. So you would have graduated in 80... 91. 91. 
Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. So you you graduated when I was three, so I'm getting potty trained at the time. Um, I'm I'm 35 years young. Um, and you, yeah, you've been at this for a long time, man. Lot like and and just entrenched in. You're essentially born into it, with obviously your um your family being just so into it from the very very get go. Like it's back some more photos, man. Let's go. Let's just keep rocking through them. Yeah, I mean, I can go. I can go. This is tarp. This is tarps off right here. This tarps off. A lot of skin showing. Uh, wow. That's my brother on the left there. We've got our American flags. That is the motocross the nations 2007. Yeah, that's, that's Bud's Creek. Bud's Creek. And we are, well, that's him with the shirt off again on the number 551. He's riding naked. That's at our track. Yeah. That was for a filming and a, the cover shot of practice track. That's him and Greg Mall. They hit our big tabletop in the middle of the tracks, 100 feet, butt naked with a pair of boots on. Thanks. What, what's the, the Genesis behind the 51? Uh, that well, that was his number, Kyle's number. So I, that's my bike on the. That's my bike, and I just uh, made it fifty-one. So when he wanted to race it, because I didn't race it, I just rode it. Yeah. So I bought it, and whenever he wanted to ride a one twenty-five, he could ride it. Fair and enough. that three-digit number is five fifty-one. That was his pro number. So if if I threw out a random three-digit number to you, or if you saw three yes. digits on a time somewhere, yeah, 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 for sure. Exactly. So if you saw like if, if it was like. 835, who comes to mind? Uh, uh, 835? What was Bobo? He was like 895, wasn't he? 895. 891. 891, that's right. I don't know. I literally just, my brother, it's his birthday today. And he goes, he texted me, he goes, man, 54. There's nothing cool about 54. And I'm like, dude, Jeff Glass was 54. Uh, uh, Fucking... Jason Thomas born 51. Yeah, Uh, that. Nine, uh, 2002, that's, uh, that's Ryan Clark. SoCal gear. Right. I think actually, yeah, that's, that's the, the first generation of fly gear with Ryan Clark back in 2002. Uh, the 54. But yeah, that's not a, that's not a, a number that gets talked about too often. You guys are probably best known for this though. This like, you are the culprits. We do. This is, this is going to be available in audio. What we're looking at right here is the Believe the Hype t-shirts. You are to blame, uh, oh, Wholeheartedly. What, what, what was the, well, they came by and did our show, uh, Mike and Jeff and Tony and the cooler, who was their, uh, their, uh, I've met the cooler, the bodyguard dude. Yeah. Pretty much for lack of a better term, but he, uh, they wanted some shirts and I owned a screen printing company where I did my show from. So I was like, Oh, let me, I got you on this. I said, I can do whatever you want, whatever I want. They're like, yeah, for sure. So we did, uh, believe the hype. And then that 800 with a target on it. And David Iser tries to swear that he, he goes, yeah, I remember I came up with that, um, the lyrics. I'm like, David, you've never listened to any rap in your life. Like, what are you talking about? You would never know, believe the hype. He's just so cheesy when it comes to that. So I'm like, no, yeah. no you I'm the idea guy. If you just pay attention to everything I've ever done, I'm always coming up with shit. Not to toot my own horn, but like I came up with the first podcast. And then Winners Take Y'all is a dope name that I came up with. DMXS Radio, I came up with that. So whatever, man. You didn't come up with shit. <laughs> the Dead Motocrossers Society, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah, that that was pretty iconic. We're gonna get into a little bit more of that. But um for for better or worse, this this is what kicked it all off for for uh for Michael Lessey. Um it villainized him, it made yep. him infamous, and this honestly when he wore on his pro debut, everybody in his camp wore that yeah. at Millville for his in first the four fifty class. In the four fifty class, which is Unheard of. Nobody comes out of Loretta's and straight to the 450 class. Like, what the hell? 
Yeah, and and, and with with actual aspirations to dethrone uh, Ricky Carmichael, who is on his way to the second of two perfect seasons that he enjoyed. Um, yeah, that was wild. Um, go straight into some uh, some throwbacks here. Um, I you don't see a lot of just like chairs just sitting out in the middle of nowhere um, for someone to just take take a seat here, but um, that is a that is a headset ahead of its time. If I if yeah. I've ever seen one, and then is that also the president next to him here? Is it like these two yeah, photos here? As, he was the uh, vice principal of a high school. Okay. So my dad. Oh man. You look a lot like your old man. I get it. Yeah, I can see that. The older I get, he had a nice head of hair, man. Big flat top. I think it was sweet right. on top. Yeah, Johnny United. That was his coach at the races. That was where he was. That was his command center. <laughs> That's wild. It, it's the the dichotomy of like. Hosting and running motocross races, and then running a, a, a educational facility, and and be and ruling with an iron fist at a school. Um, that's that, that's two very different very uh, atmospheres, is it not? Very different. Yeah, he got out of teaching, and his teaching buddies all rode dirt bikes. So they, as soon as they got done, they would go straight. And there's a picture of all of them, and one of those old pictures. There's like four dirt bikes and a Corvette, a dude in like a flight suit with some Ray-Bans on looking just kick ass. And they probably just got out of school straight riding dirt bikes. And then he got in with another dude, two dudes and bought a motorcycle shop. So we bought in and they bought a Kawasaki dealership. And then we bought the property and bought the racetrack and made a racetrack, or whatever. So that's kind of how it all happened. He, I, there's no way he was going to be confined to that teaching stuff forever. No doubt. And like, did, did, did your dad ride uh, as well? Or did just, was he yeah. like the, the, facil- the fis- facilitator of all this? Yeah, he rode. Yeah, he absolutely rode. That's how he got into it. When he was teaching, he was with his uh, teacher buddies. He would ride. So there's Dave Jordan, the creator of Kawasaki Team Green, and that's the first two riders that uh, that were signed as Keith Turpin and Billy Lyles. And Billy that, that is uh, – I remember these conversations. So it's 1980s, what Cycle News says there. So I remember 78, these conversations happening with that dude in the beard there, Dave Jordan, who was very charismatic and awesome, and him and my dad, and he, he – Started Team Green and it all came out of our shop. So I, I just remember these conversations. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna That's have super this team. Cool. We're gonna do this." And I'm like, "Really? You're gonna do?" It? And we had all kind of extra Team Green shit for years, like all these pants and shirts and leather jackets and just all kind of crazy shit. So, yeah, that was that was super cool to just. I mean, I didn't really even know what the hell I was hearing at the time. I was eight, so but yeah, it was still cool shit. Right, like they're literally being the fly on the wall for a program that would essentially change the landscape of yeah. how amateur racing and racing in general in North America would would be shaped. Um, honestly, like like for a guy like Dave Jordan, like I, I don't know that there's a person like him in the industry today. Like, I mean, super charismatic. Like that's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, and, and, and like there's uh, some other pictures of our race that we did. My dad was the same way. I'll put my dad up against anybody in terms of going into a room, not knowing anybody. And if you're a millionaire, if you're homeless, if you're a, the highest thing, you know, whatever, a teacher, like whatever, he can he can go in there and talk to anybody and has so much charisma. And Dave Jordan was the same way. Like, so my dad got our national at Six Flags that we promoted. So my dad, we promoted a race at Six Flags, 84, 85. And he got that event uh, sight unseen with a handshake. There was no track there. He just said, I can have a track here. We can do it at this park. Trust me. Hmm. And I guess they're like, all right, man, you got it. So he 
Bill West gave him the date and they, whatever he, they built the track and then like they had, they had like less than a year to build this whole thing. Wow. To do the whole racetrack and then run one race, two races on it. Wow. And that, that's incredible just to think that like, yeah, nowadays, unless your track is like 30 years old and been running great events, top high yeah. profile and has all the, the infrastructure in place, yes. like, yes. and is probably hosted a myriad of, of Very amateur amazing. nationals for a long time. And honestly, it's, it's getting to the, it's gotten to the point where like, and now they're down to an 11 round series. Like odd numbers make me upset. Um, but, uh, that, but I digress. Um, there really isn't a spot for a a track to either come out or be added. Like essentially, I think the only track that sort of would be on the chopping block would be, would be Iron Man because it's only for the fact that it hasn't been there that long, but everything else is either like super cemented. Like you're never getting rid of, uh, Red Bud. Southwick has been there forever. Uh, maybe Paula as well because just because people don't really like going there. Um, and the, the track itself isn't a sort of quote iconic, but like you're never getting near to Millville. Um, like, yeah, like they're, they're just, there's high point is literally owned by the guy who runs the series. So good luck, uh, uh, switching that out. And like, right. the, and the dates are, and like the dates are so solid as well as the logistics. Like the, the biggest thing when it comes to like the outdoor national series is the logistics of motocross, the expensive game. And like it's sort of mapped out in such a way, it's almost kind of found its groove. Yeah, you're not going to change it. It's all set. Who the hell's that guy? That's Joey Casey. Okay, okay. Uh, Joey did. He's wearing some uh, a very unrecognizable uh, apparel there. Uh, the hat is that's so 1999. It hurts, but <laughs> that's my company. I know. We're gonna get yeah, more into that. Rider apparel and it fits his head terribly, so he's not a good ambassador for. Our company, but there he is talking. He's doing a race report, uh, getting a picture that's going to go in his magazine that he created, practice track, or that I helped do too. So that was that magazine was so weird and quirky and dumb and awesome at the same time. Like he did a race report from the perspective of an ant that had just wandered into a field up a post and then just happened to watch a race. So he's like, Yeah, I was just walking through the field and just loud noise, whatever. It was a great story though. It's so interesting. He's he was a weird dude, but he's he committed suicide last uh July or something like oh, that. Oh wow. Yeah. He's he was a troubled guy, man, but he was a very interesting dude. His dad's uh, Barry Higgins. Magazines like that remind me of stuff like this. These are you've never seen these. These are Roost magazines from Manitoba Motocross. And these are very much like very many other regional motocross magazines that were, yep. this one was started by, um, Jason Friesen. Yeah. Jason Friesen, who's just a local. And yeah, what I, I, what I love about that stuff is that like there's, they had like two or three people that would write articles. Like it was like usually one or two contributors. They actually sold advertising to it and they'd get like local advertisers in it, yeah. whether it was like realtors or car dealerships, like yeah, like a bell bonding company. That's what yeah. <laughs> Let's rapid fire. We're gonna go. Yeah, Joey was awesome. Joey was the best. Absolutely. That is that is our studio. It used to be at my house before my house burnt down, but that is uh John supposedly gonna bring some more bikes over now. He's got like he has probably fifteen fully restored just CR eighties and fifties and MQ this. 250, whatever. He's got so many. That's a, Is that a KX Super Mini. Yeah, that's a Super Mini. It's nothing special. It's just his son's bike. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah. And then that's old four on there. 80 KX80 over there. Look at the difference in size. Look how much bigger. The seat height's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's got a ton of helmets. He's got a ton of cool memorabilia and he could have more. He just is not gaudy with it. Like that's just downstairs in his, he's got two houses. He's got the one house he's living at currently. Then he's got a ridiculous house on the lake that he's about to move to fully furnished. And that's where we had our uh, new year's Eve party where we were singing and doing karaoke. And it's, he's ridiculous, but you'd never know. He's a cajillionaire. No doubt. Yeah. He's very, very, very humble. Uh, sure. it's like just calls it the way it is though. I do like the, the Bob Hanna helmet. And the okay. 224, is that Lachine or, yeah, it's yep. Lachine. Yep. Yeah, Lachine was his first year on Yamaha. 16 year um, old. That's pretty special. I like that. I, 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 the first motocross helmet I ever owned was a Bell Magnum with yep. a fin fighter on the front. It was my dad's helmet. It wasn't mine. I still have it to this day and it had the, uh, the red, uh, peak on there. And, uh, here's a trivia question or at least some, uh, useless knowledge for you. Um, everyone was like, Oh, why, why do you have the number on the side of the helmet? Well, that was AMA rule. You had to have that on there if yeah. you raced professionally because if there was a mud race, they had to be able to lap counting, count you. Right. Yeah. My mother, we, we all hand score. I, I can score a race. Like I can score tally, do the whole deal. My mom from r- running our racetrack, you know, how do you? go back and find your lap rider, circle and work your way back and all that good stuff. Hand scoring was, that's all we ever did. We never had any kind of uh, full-time computer system like most tracks do now. Yeah, Next that was, that's an art. Um, what is this that I'm looking at? This is kind of a, this is a really cool program that you had going on for uh, a number of years. I don't know if you still run it, but. Still do it. Still do yeah. it right now. That is a Red, the Red Bull Mini Moto program we have that um, everything you see on that left photo, the arcs, the bikes, there's 15 tough locks. There's like a hundred cones. There's mm-hmm. 20 helmets, 20 knee pads, 20 gloves, you know, the whole deal. Yeah. 12 motorcycles. Uh, the generator I've got now and a generator door on the up front. So it's not even in the box anymore. So Perfect. yeah, it's all set and ready to go. So we get to take those things to pretty much wherever Red Bull marketing wants to go. If they want to go into a college town and invite mm-hmm. all the sororities and we have, we do that at LSU. And we uh, we have all the the bros race each other and the girls race each other and then they have a big after party and basically it's just uh, the next time you think about buying an energy drink energy drink think Red Bull that's literally all this is for they charge right. you nothing you just deploy this whole deal we'll go to Texas we'll go to I've been to uh, Millville I've been to X Games been on no huh I said no doubt no, that's cool yeah it's fun I, I started with them in 05, and I still manage that program so. Get to, I'm going to take it today in the dirt this year down in Florida, so they'll ruin these motorcycles. No doubt. How how often do you go through stuff? Because like obviously there, it's no shortage of parts for these bikes because they've been making them since forever. Um, yeah, honestly, the, the, we don't really do much. Tires, we'll pop a tire every now and again, but they've got hand guards on them with the big uh, metal whatever. The bark busters, yeah, yeah. So you don't you're not you're not ripping grips, you're not bending levers, you're just falling over. And we do it. We lay the course out super short. So the straightaways are super short, so you don't get an opportunity to get much speed, and yeah. that's the whole goal. Just keep it fun, simple. I like it. Uh, so this is this is like this is a, like near and dear to my heart. This is my youth. This is a, a dream team of sorts. Um, like when, whenever I think of DMXS, I think of like the two of you guys played off of each other, and I, it's funny you guys would often say that the, those often people couldn't tell the difference between the two of you. Um, which like listening now, like I, I can definitely pick it out, but, yes. um, like 
in my mind, it was Kevin Kelly and like, like as much as I, I have a ton of respect for David Iser, like David Iser in so many ways was like the extra person in the room to be able to bounce stuff off of, right? Like yeah. to build yeah. off of some of like the things that you would talk about. Um, and cause you can't do it. I've tried to do a podcast by myself, me talking to a wall. I'm sure no That's one wants stuff. to listen to that. That's um, stuff. but yeah, tell me a little bit about how this sort of like got started, the genesis of it. And you guys did a couple thousand episodes, like, like tons. David's still doing them by himself, which I don't know how he's doing them, but he literally just had like uh, Jordan Smith on. Cool. I think last week. So yeah, he's still banging these things out, but, uh, that's so that's me, Joey, and David's got his back to us. Joey's looking at David and our guest is on the phone and we had a little bit of equipment at that point. So it wasn't a complete. A lot of wires trip. going on there. A lot of wires. Yeah. There was a, we did it at my trophy shop though. That was my desk where I did graphic design work during the day and then I would do, do the show at night and it was fun as hell. And we, our first guest was, I think, Tim Ferry. And we just, my buddy was in Connecticut working for Cannondale. And I was like, dude, can you hear this? Like, I tested it. It was like live 365. Can you hear me? And he's like, dude, I hear you. I'm like, oh, shit. And that was it. Here we go. I sent a press release or an email to Racer X, and I and they posted it. And they're, I, I, it was forever. It was still up. I, you could dig it up and find the initial press release, which I thought was super cool. No doubt. So, hey, these guys down in Georgia have something going on tonight. If you, if you can even figure out how to listen to it, here's when it goes down, like whatever. So I think we had like 12 people listen. Literally. Yeah. Hey, well, it, it started with 12 and it's, it, it grew. Like at one point I remember being in the, the, the chat room and it was like 25, 50 people deep of like people just going after each other. There was nastiness. There was hilariousness. Yeah. Um, there was like people call, like people would call in to like, yeah. cause you, you did actually, I, I was one of your call in guests way back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Uh, actually announced that I was going to embark on this whole podcast thing 10 years ago. Yep. Ten years ago, two days ago, yes, um, yeah. that I was going to start doing this podcast, and uh, yeah, man, like you guys entertain people for a long time, long time, dude. Twenty one years, oh one was our first year. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Um, for those who are like, this is an audio podcast, but uh, but what's on the screen now, unfortunately, is the remnants of a very sad situation, and not just because. Uh, whoever your mason was decided not to put a sill around the top of the masonry work he did, but the, also the burnt down house around it. Yeah, that is a, well, that is not, that's a, that's just a, that's not a full wall though. That's just like whatever you call it, that little tiny little rock. It's not a full rock wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a, a, a stone veneer. Yeah, um, but uh, myself as a journeyman bricklayer, like I, if, if I was de- designing this, I would have gone with a, I guess a stone sill around the top just as an accent, but. I, I see it. I, I like your style. Yeah, that's my house. That's what used to be my house. That would be uh, looking across our living room, and all of my shit is burnt, every bit of it. And being a fireman, that is so unusual for the entire house to burn. Like, we usually can get there and uh, put it out and save some stuff, but not that one. We I have ring camera footage uh, of me letting my dog look at the turkeys. Cause we were on like five, eight, six acres. And now there were some turkeys right outside. So I'm like, look at this. So you see us walk out showing that we co- we go back in. We're like, all right, buddy, see you in a little while. We go to a wrestling tournament and I get a call 40 minutes later. My house is 80% involved and the cameras uh, catch it all. So it's pretty, pretty wild. You can see it till the That'd camera. be tough to watch. Yeah, it was. My dog was in most of the footage. I did not like that, but he wasn't burning or anything, but he was the smoke and he was barking. He's like, what is going on? I need some help here. Yeah. 
Dad, come home. Yeah, he was. Uh, we lost him, so that's a bummer. Sorry, man. Uh, yeah, that'd be super tough. Um, like throughout this happened what three weeks ago, four weeks ago? No, this happened uh, Thanksgiving, November. 18th. Oh, okay. Yeah, November eighteenth. So. Oh wow. Yeah, we're we're in a townhouse as we're rebuilding. I I was not even in that house for a month, a year. It was eleven months. Wow. That's a brand new, brand new custom design by my wife. Full blown house that is now like all my shit. Though. That's my mom died in a house fire in 2000. So this is the second house fire I've experienced, which is just so rare. Like ask your friends, ask around, like how many people have even experienced a house fire? Like not many people. Not many. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Like I, I got to imagine over the last three, four months, uh, something comes to mind where you're like, Oh, where is that? And you're yeah, like, Oh, sucks. yeah. All my helmets. Like I had uh, a day in the dirt. TLD helmet that my friend from Red Bull sent me. I had yeah. a Belmoto three, a Billy Lyles helmet, my custom gear that I had from shift that says I'm bringing sexy back, which is, I think I even sent that to you, but like just all that stuff that who knows what I would have done with it, but we were slowly starting to roll it out with this studio now. Like, Cause I had a place for it finally, but yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah, for sure. Like I, the stuff like that, like I like to sort of put stuff behind me and whatnot. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. you can't display all of it all the time, but I like to like, kind of rotate some stuff through and yeah, that, that you got robbed of a lot of that stuff. Um, a lot of cool shit. I had a brick of tickets to the, that I sent you a picture of a uh, six flags tickets that were for the 84 race. Like I literally a inch thick unused six flags tickets that I would ra- randomly mail out to Davey Coombs. I'd send them a ticket or whatever. It was just dope. Yeah. No kidding. Just uh, like, like pieces of. Uh, the pieces of history. Um, shout out to the uh, soffit and fascia company because uh, that that one gutter actually held up pretty good. Uh, yeah, we're looking at like it looks like Civil War ruins, and there's yeah. a pristine black gutter that survived this thousand degree heat and stuff falling and toppling down and fire hoses and shit, and it's just perfect. I think I should have pulled that off and just saved it for the build and just said, all right, well this is still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is this is what we start with. We're, we're going with black gutters again. We're going to start like, right here in this corner. We're going to leave it right there and build around this. Because, like, if you, you have that stuff, you look at it funny, it bends. And it survived. Yeah. It, like, You're right, man. And if you ever try to disconnect it and try to put the pieces back together and you bend it just one, you're out. It, it's done. Yeah, forget about it. Stuff like paper wishes it was that thin. Uh, yeah. that, that's super, that, that's a, a sad state of affairs. Um, with, with like, were colleagues of yours the guys who got called to this or? No, it was, I live in a different county than I work in. Okay. So the fire department was like two miles away, but unfortunately it was going in the attic above us and there was no vent, no ventilation there. So it was just sitting in there burning, burning, burning until it broke through into the house and then it was game on. So yeah. it had such a huge head start on it, uh, what a normal fire would do. Wow. Yeah. That is nuts. Um, all is. right. So. Wow. We, t- we, we teased this earlier. This is getting straight into rider MX apparel. Um, this is, this is significant. This is ill fitting. This is, uh, all of it. It's MC hammer. The pants dude, like the Jersey was dope. Like I was so super satisfied with Jersey. The, uh, we had Ain't five that? colorways. Uh, so that, but we were like two years behind because, uh, like John, Ayers, yeah, it's a, 5.11. Yeah. I don't know what that is, honestly. If it's a KTM or a Honda. Might be a Husqvarna. Who's a Berg? I don't even know. I don't remember <laughs> what the hell he was riding, but he rode some Supercrosses with that. But, yeah, that's full-blown gear that we made uh, 
like I, I think I got a loan for like fifty thousand dollars and sent all the yeah I would send all these panels which the pants are comprised of different panels that were so you cut and sew you cut it you build the pan you know a panel by panel there's Kevlar there's neoprene there's all these yeah. different things and all the patches uh, were injection molded rubber patches those are prototypes because they're clear so they're the real deal like I had rubber patches and there is dope so. But we were, it took over a year and a half and the guy finally goes, man, I can't do these pants. And he just goes, I can't do it and sends them to me. Sends me $50,000 worth of cut panels that I don't know what the freak I'm looking at. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? So I found another guy in Mexico that I shipped. I don't know how, like we're barely into the internet. Like, I don't know how I found this. Yeah. Shipped them over and they built them and they were terrible fitting and. I dumped them on a guy in Turkey for about $20,000. Somewhere in Turkey, there are some ill-fitting, shitty rider motocross apparel pants running around some, somewhere. Someone cherishes that, that like that, so like the same way I look back, back at some of my original gear ever. Like yeah. that is the same sentimental value that someone shares with your yeah. uh, ill-fitting. Although the color schemes are nice, like we got some like some like canary yellow with some navy. Uh, the black and yep. gray is not bad. Like I had um, red yellow. We had the red blue. We had four colorways and a full full blown catalog, and I could not get picked up because my uh, my uh, my numbers were just the, the uh, what you call it? What are what are they called? I, I forget now. But Excuse my uh, how was it like? What we sold them and what we, the markups weren't, there's not enough money to, to be made because they were so expensive to make because yeah. of my small numbers. Cause we're talking, I think I made 500 sets total, which to me was like, Oh my God. That's, and they were 54 bucks a pair, my cost on those pants. So when you mark them up to a distributor and they mark them up to a retailer, they'd have to charge like way too much money. So yeah, it was a massive fail, but it was awesome. Right. Yeah. Cause wholesale is usually, usually like 25%. Of retail, if that maybe, yeah. I, I we found out they were making pants, fox pants for like twenty bucks a pair. Yeah, and then they, you know, obviously they got to make their money, which I much respect. Yeah. And uh, after you mark them up, blah blah blah, they can. That's how they can sell them and whatever. But we could not. Well, yeah, it's just on volume. Like it's just the sheer volume. I don't think people truly, truly understand the 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 scope of how many sets of stuff gets sent out oh. and the just distributorship. Like that is the like it's. When it comes to like, there's, there's new gear brands that sort of pop up almost like seemingly almost every month. I don't know month. how they made money. I don't know how anybody, I don't know how anybody but Fly, Thor, Fox, and Fast House, or, because all those other fringy whatever deals, I don't know how they're doing it. Don't know. Like I know what Fast House does. Like I, uh, I help uh, do some stuff for them on the East yeah. Coast, going to events and stuff, and I know what they're making. And they're one of the smaller ones and they're making a shit ton of money. So I don't know how these dudes are making money. Yeah, no, it, it kind of blows my mind. Uh, yeah, just like the smaller, smaller ones, like, uh, either like waxed or, uh, OG shot. Like what? What are yeah. these shot here? What? I mean, can't, can't keep up with it. Exactly. And it always comes down to distributorship. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get that. And, uh, yeah, we go straight into, uh, you finally got some throttle therapy. This must have actually felt good. Finally. Dude, was, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of photos of you riding a dirt bike, which I think is a, is a crying goddamn shame. Oh, I suck, but it's still, that's us one week after my house burned down. I was like questioning, should I go? And, and Christina's like, hell yeah, you should go. You need to go do this. So it was dope. We rode uh, like an hour away from the house and just did trails and we, the Stark was there and we all got to ride the new Stark. So it was a bitching day. That was my brother, John and Nick. So it was a kick ass day. Yeah. It was your, uh, 
your co-host there. Uh, how did you meet these guys? Like, like they both, just like, is there like a find rich guys.com or like, yeah, like a dating site. Yeah. No, they're, yeah. they're just rad. We've, I've known them dudes for so long. Like we were teenagers. They both knew my dad. Like they were both bought bikes from my dad as 10 year olds. Yeah. Like their parents bought from us. So I don't know how that worked out, but it was, it did, but it was, it was killer. Completely off topic. What's your best Frank man story? You know, I haven't, I, you know, to be honest, I don't hang out with Frank. I, we rarely have crossed paths. It, That's it hurtful. Isn't it? I, yeah, I got, I always guy. got time for Frank, man. He's good people. He is great people. You're absolutely right. He did help my buddy get a license for his pilot, his pilot's license. My, my son's uh, best friend was needing an instructor and Frank hooked it all up. So yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah. No, uh, Frank's one of those guys that uh, like, if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And it's actually going to be quite prompt, probably sooner than you were even ready for him to get done. Yeah, um, Nick and John are the same way. That's successful people in general. Yeah. They follow through. You ask them one time, you can say, Hey man, in 800 days, mark it on your calendar. We're getting up at 5 a.m. 800 days. Yeah. Not about four years from now, it's two, two and a half years <laughs> from this date, we're going to this thing and we're going to do this starts at 4 a.m. You don't mention it again until day 799 that morning they will be at your door they're just rocks. yeah loaded with a with a coffee in hand uh, that is that's ridiculous um but just like going through some of these again here like I'm, I'm ever impressed with some of the stuff that you guys have been able to pull off over the years um and like like the the track like your dad your dad was so impactful on racing in the the south the southeast um yeah. and then so like the, his model got copied and and sort of like used as inspiration time and time again it, it's it's something that uh like honestly you it, it can't be go it can't go unnoticed like um the impact is is felt for a long time and honestly when it comes to legacy and like doing good things in the world like i don't blow too much smoke up your dad's ass but like he was a good one, dude. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm his biggest fan. Like everything I have ever gotten to do was 1 million percent because of him. And I cannot give him enough thanks. And I wish he were around. To, he saw a lot of it. Like he, he never go, he never once went, went to our show or listened to it or whatever, which I don't care about that. But he, uh, he knew it was happening. He knew it was cool and people would mention it or whatever. But like, yes, yeah, 100% because of him. Like his, his fearlessness to go and try something like opening up a motorcycle shop and a motocross track one year after quitting being a vice principal teacher. The dude was fearless. He had complete confidence in himself and surrounded himself with just killer people, honest people. You never heard, like ever heard a shit story about my dad, like owing somebody money, not paying somebody. I've never, like I would, I just have never heard it. Like the dude was just rock solid. And I think you figure that out whenever there's like 700 people at your funeral. Same with my mother. Same they, they were capacity funerals, like out the door, crazy. You know, I heard nothing but good stories. So that's kind that's of the way crazy. I want to do Whenever you, you know, through your last few days, if you can just kind of look at yourself and go, all right, I, I didn't screw anybody over. I didn't do it because of the money. I didn't, you know, ever make a decision like that where I, you know, gave up on my morals to make a buck and screw somebody over. My dad never, he got hosed a bunch. I will say that he's, he was kind and, and, uh, honest. And I guess was it trust trusting where it cost him a few times, but that's the way he'd rather do it that way than just be shady and 
do it the shitty way and whatever. Yeah, I think that that's the the other edge of that sword, right? Is that like yeah. you're if you're um you believe in the good in people, um unfortunately some people will uh try to make you think otherwise. I, I often say uh the definition of a pessimist is an optimist with experience. So <laughs> But uh, I, I got to imagine that a lot of that rubbed off on you, like from a very young age, like entrepreneurial and wanting to like you you put yourself out there when it like whatever the event is, if it has dirt bikes involved, if it doesn't have dirt bikes involved, you could you be there. And um, I think one of the things that I was sort of like what what's rubbed off on me from you is just being able to like whenever the lights come on, go time. Let's go time. That's right. That's for sure, man. He was, he was the dude. And, and my, I get all the accolades. Like my brothers are as funny as I am. They are as cool. I got two brothers, an older and a younger brother. They both can rip on a motorcycle. They both were hugely uh, important to that track. Like I did a lot of the marketing side for the track and announcing, but the reason that track was dope when you pulled in the gate was because those two guys could kick ass on a dozer, a bobcat or whatever. And they were just a huge, so anyway, I just like to give them love because they're they're always oh sure. man, so cool. Like man, those two dudes are awesome. Kyle, my brother is killer. Ken, my brother is awesome, and they're just like my pops. So for for you guys with Winners Take y'all, and if people aren't already listening to that uh, on a regular basis, give your head a shake. Uh, you need to. What is sort of like? I think you you I sort of see this sort of just growing and evolving organically. Like I don't think you I don't like you could be I could be completely wrong, but I don't know that you have like a grandos plan of what it's going to be but like just letting it grow to what it's going to be is sort of my feeling that i'm getting yeah i don't think or i'm uh, wrong no john has asked me john's like super successful and he's a big planner and and he goes well he goes what do you want to do with this show and i'm like that's a great question i don't uh i wish i would have had a better attack plan when we started dmxs because we would be uh we would have made lots of money and had a lot of fun. And while we did have a shit ton of fun, we never made much money at all. So I I would honestly like to make a little bit of money with it and at least be able to reinvest in it and go do stuff. Like they could, we could easily go and like, they just want to go and do stuff and like interview writers. Like we want to go to Kevin Wyndham's place and get him mic'd up and throw some cartas on and have him watch us ride motorcycles and just talk shit about us and do the interview while we're riding. Yeah. And they have the need to do it. That's why we bought the three bikes. So we're going to go and meet up with them and ride and let him talk shit. Ricky said he would do it just to have him go, what are you doing? You get out of the way. I want to, I want that to happen so bad. I want him to be like, you suck so bad. I'm like, yes, yes, I do. So, so I don't really know in terms of what, where this leads, but uh John has asked me that. He goes, what do you want to do, man? I'm like, I really don't know. He's super successful. So I know that's the way his brain works, but I'm so fly by the seat of my pants that, who knows? I need to do something with it and uh, monetize it in some way. I think. Yeah, I think like, one of the things about content creators and like I, I create more content than I sell. Like I'm always so worried about like just making the stuff that I don't. I, like, I forget to actually charge for it. Yeah. Um, just because I honestly I just find it so fun to to do it. Um, yeah. it, it is there. There's a lot of I think they would surprise a lot of people. Uh how much content gets gets created without any type of like actual funding behind it. Like people just love to make it and they, yep. they'd make it if they got paid or not. And yep. I'll, I'll tell you uh, like 
my experience in motocross and in general in, in life is if you're willing to do it for free, there's a lineup of people who are willing to let you do it for free. Correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. We'll see, but, uh, they have plans. I, we have a little bit of a plan. So whatever. I mean, that plan right there, Rider Apparel took a big dump. So I'm, I got a little gun shy for can that. Can we bring back this t-shirt? Can we like bring back shirts that are like this though? Like, is like, I feel like this can get re- resurrected in some way. What real big and blousy? Yeah. Like, yeah. Everything was big back then, man. Like my brother mentioned that we, we were talking about that on the show the other day and we we're like, dude, whoever's making this gear, like you've got to, you got to relax, man. You got to, you got to, you, you, it's way, it's, it's like Tommy Copper gear. Everything's so, st- so damn tight. Yeah. Like for the average dude, you look stupid as hell. Oh and yeah. Like if, if I showed up wearing yeah. how, like what Justin Barsha looks like when you can tell whether or not he manscapes or not, like, come on, man. Oh, we don't need to be wearing that. Like it, it, your only other option is like going to moose and get some big ass gear. Like nobody wants that. I want to wear decent, cool looking gear. That's not freaking skin tight. Yeah, no, I, I can't get like, and also like the first thing I thought of, like, like I, I thought it was cool. Fox did the, the onesie thing. And I'm like, well, the vet community's out. Like immediately. Like, like I, I'm in half decent shape and I would look like a stuffed sausage, uh, in that stuff. It would be, there'd be some stuff poking out in some different areas that people probably wouldn't enjoy. Um, coming into some corners with some chop, there'd be some motion to that ocean that. Dingling. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, think, things wiggle out. Like, um, I don't think Cameron McAdoo's wearing that anytime soon. Holy cow. Man, that, that, that joke right there, it was not even funny to, to do it. Like, it was so, such low hanging fruit. Yeah. Like, literally. It's too easy. Yeah. Fair enough. But, uh, no, it's, uh, I, I think that like some rider coat or rider apparel shirts need to like come, come sort of resurface somewhere. We did. We, we had our, it all started with casual wear. Since I own the t-shirt company, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do some t-shirts and hats and whatever and sell them at the races. And there's a few photos I sent you that I sent her some of that junk, but, uh, the, uh, like this Tommy Hill clicker. Oh, how funny is that? <laughs> Tommy oh, Hill clicker, right? Yeah. Apparel. Then we, then we did, uh, give blood race motocross and I probably sold more of those dumb redneck. Walmart stupid ass shirts than any other cool shirt with just a cool logo or whatever. The dumber the Walmart mentality, your shirt is the better it's going to do. So, oh for sure, like those uh the extreme shirts that they used to have in the back of magazines from back big in the day doubles, with like no troubles. Yeah, and like yeah, I do big. We do big doubles, and it's just like a, a woman with uh with with some uh some bolt ons on there. Like that's that's just that's just good comedy, and I think it would still sell to this day. Probably would, unfortunately. I just could never, like, I couldn't sell myself like that. I tried, and I was like, man, these look so stupid. I just cannot do it. I think it's half my problem. I've never, like, our show would have made money. We would have made, we were in it early, dude. We had 20,000 listeners a week. Oh, early, yeah. And we could have made money with it. We just, I could, I just could not sell myself. I couldn't, I don't know. I'm not good at that part. I, I wish I was, but I'm just not that dude. Fair enough, fair enough. Um... So when it, when it comes to what you see in the motocross industry today, uh, what do you love? What do you not love? And when you're explaining riding, like if you're explaining being on a track, do you make two stroke noises or four stroke noises? Oh, it's two stroke no- noises for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Still, I'm, um, I love it all, dude. I'm not one of those guys like there's some dudes that 
are anti this or they hate that. I've been in, uh, why is that guy still around the 250 class? Blah, blah, blah. Because he wants to make money. I don't not like that. I, I love the fact that RJ Hampshire can provide for his family and make money. Like that's like telling a guy at work, Hey man, don't take that promotion. Stay down here with us, man. Don't go up to that office. Stay down here. You're going to make that 50 grand. You know, don't go make the hundred or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? It's just the dumbest thing telling somebody how to spend their money. I just can't get into that. Yeah, because if you, if you do take that job as a CEO, you might suck at it, and now you're jobless again. Like it's, um, like there's only so many people who get to call, like to say that they make a living racing dirt bikes. And yeah. if you can be one of those people, I think you do that you until can. you can't do that no more. Yeah, I never understood why people get all worked up. Man, he should just give up that hundred thousand dollars, fly to the races, having a factory bike, and he should go buy bikes, throw it in a van. And start spending his own money. Really, that's what you that's what you would do. That's what you do, really. Yeah. That's stupid. No, the the finances of being a, a four fifty privateer uh doesn't make dollars or cents. Yeah. Um but uh there's still guys who do it. Like what that always was. blows me away is like guys who continue like like a guy like Josh Greco. I have all the respect in the world for a guy like Josh Greco because he just like whether it makes sense or not. He goes out there and rides and like he, he, he gets all his own sponsors and he might change them out almost on an hour, like a, on a yearly basis. Cause, cause like, like relationships are tough to, to continue to foster and this, that and anything. But yeah, like we're going on like 14 years of him lining up. That's insane. So he's, is he gotta be the one of the longest got running privateers? I would say so. Like, like he's well, he's never actually had a real ride, so to speak, like on no. like a quote unquote team that would have any type of support on it. Uh, so, I think you, his seriously well, he's been doing this for fourteen years. Minimal, minimal. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, no, he he goes back to like 20, 2011 or twenty ten. Like he's not a young guy. He's like I think he's thirty. How I mean, does he make enough? He must. I got to get this guy on the show. I got to figure, I got to talk to this guy. Yeah. Honestly, I think that like that is maybe one of the better untold stories within the industry is a guy like him How have you done who this? has yeah. like, he has like, it's like, he's just sort of like, he keeps the hacky sack in the air. Just keeps it moving. Yeah. And like, there's, there's tons of guys like him too, but like, he's certainly one of them that's just sort of very consistent that way. Like almost every year I'm waiting for some sort of announcement that like, Hey, I decided to like hang drywall for a living. <laughs> and and he's like, is no. He married? Does he have kids? Do you know any of this stuff? He is engaged. I don't think he has kids. Uh, he does have a raccoon. Okay. Uh, although I don't know if he still has that raccoon. Uh, but yeah, he is engaged. And uh, to my knowledge, uh, I could be this. I could be completely full of it. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, his fiance used to work at a Hooters, and she would pick up shifts at like Hooters nearby wherever he was racing. Come on. I'm not kidding. What a traveling Hooters nurse? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like the 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 wardrobe is the same regardless. Like those things are yeah. nationwide. You just drive in. You just drive down the road in that Hooters outfit, and you see a Hooters on the way. Like, hey man, we're a little short for gas. Three hours over this Hooters, I'll just hang out. You bang out eighty bucks, and we'll keep this show going. For sure. No, I think like it's it's, it's just quick. Or like I think like like uh, one of the privateers used to, or maybe still does. Have his girlfriend be a like a uh, thirty second board girl at an arena cross. Yeah, we got to talk. Okay, we I can't let you off this without talking about Buku Arena Cross. First of all, yeah. 
Dude, Buku Arena Cross was unreal, and that was also a time when there was about 15,000 different energy drinks that existed. There was Buku, there was Unbound, there was uh, something called Balls Energy Drink, spelt differently. Um, it was like it was flooded at one point, and Buku was one of them. And yeah, you were on the floor doing all kinds of shit. And what's that and other thing? That was that was Buku was all about get this race over with, so we can immediately go party. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I will, I will put those two years of drinking on the road. 14 straight weekends with Wes Kane. Yes. Oh, uh, the stories. Anything I've ever done, dude. Like, I have seen it all. I've seen that man naked more times than I care to admit. And I've seen him pull women that I, I mean, it's just nuts what I've seen that guy do. Had I not been there, I'd be like, you're so full of shit. Dude, seriously. This woman, after uh, one in Minnesota, I mean, the, it was the, she was the arena manager. And as soon as we were done, she goes, Hey, yells down at Wes. She goes, me and you, we are going out tonight. And he's like, yes, we are. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm standing right next to him. I'm like, what are yes, you talking ma'am. about? And no, two hours later, she was naked in our hotel room with him. Just like the dude. I mean, I don't know if you want to put that on your show, whatever. No, that, that's staying. That's staying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Wes um, was not married. So, I, so don't get, don't get it twisted, but yeah, it was just, just a couple of adults having some adult fun. And I was, I would go in the bathroom. I'm like, all right, y'all gonna do your thing. We got a flight in like two hours. And I'm just like, geez, dude, hurry up. Get this over with. See, but, uh, here, it, go ahead. It was just, uh, get it, get this race over with. So, and so we can get together with all our buddies, the riders and go get it on. Yeah. Go find Josh Demuth and all those guys. Yeah, that was like, it. Josh Demuth. And then, I mean, of course, uh, Zach Ames and then Josh was, Dar- was Darcy coming out or was he all business and like just winning? No, he was all business. He was he was all business, but there was that one time when Wes pooped himself in the bed. And uh did I tell you have you ever heard this story? I have heard this story, yeah. So Wes poops himself, but he throws his underwear, the plunger, and the sheets against the door of Darcy Lange. It's against so when he opens the door. That's what he sees the next morning, right in the middle of his championship campaign, where Wes is pooping himself in the, in the hotel room across the hall there. Send him back to Canada. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. The funny thing about motocross is, is that like I know these guys go out and get after it. Like it, and there's there's like if there's not one, there's a thousand hockey podcasts where those guys all talk about getting all banged up and like hunting down women and like being young men who are single and just enjoying themselves and being young and awesome. And why do you feel it is that like the moto guys don't lean into that at all? They, I mean, they don't lean into telling stories. Yeah, that's true too. But they do it. They did it. Oh yeah. Like I wish that you could just like truth theorem, like buddy Antonez and, uh, and, and Denny well, Denny will tell Denny, some of the stories. He forgets how daddy, Jim Holly. Now Jim Holly will vomit everything. Yes. No, he will. He will. Everything will come out. Have you ever seen Jim Holly's, uh, Polaroid? Polaroids. Yes. yes. Around Jim. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, dude, every woman, like there must be 500 of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. He's like, they like, uh, I could do, we could do uh, like an X-rated version of one of these with him. Um, uh, okay. That, that that wouldn't be welcomed on YouTube, but 
yeah. uh, perhaps some sort of paid subscription. Um, but I don't know quarterly what it is. And maybe like guys are just worried about like his sponsors are hard to come by. They're worried if they, if they do that, not only will they lose the sponsors they have, they won't be able to find any more, but yeah. they, I got don't know. Families. they got kids and this stuff's going to live forever, I guess. So you don't want to yeah. like, have that stuff out there for your kids to see. But I mean, there are some, I've seen some epic stuff as I'm sure you have. And, uh, yeah, man, it just, it just, it's just locked away, I guess. Yeah. Like, it, it's funny because like you, as media, we want these guys to have personalities. We want them to be open. And as soon as they are, then everyone who, like, they, they, you, the bench racers it's and everything else is sort of like, Oh, they're not serious. Blah, blah, blah. Like, like, uh, Justin Hill gets a lot of that shit. And it's like, really? He's a bad dude. He's one of the 50 best motorcycle riders on the planet. Like if he wants to have a beer and whatever, Jesus, let him do it. I'll tell you this. Some of the best fun I've ever had was after straight rhythm and Wes and your boys at Verb can attest to this. Our hotel was, there's nowhere to go. So in Pomona where all the riders, the track crew from Jason Baker to whatever, all those dudes stay in the same hotel. Soon as it's over, they have a bar there at the hotel, which is a, a recipe for awesomeness. Like I love that. And then the bar closes at like one and traffic, we move, everybody goes and gets all the liquor they have in their hotel rooms, brings it down into the lobby. The lobby's super cool with us, the Sheraton to go like, you guys let it rip. Travis Pastrana, Sipes is bl- blacked out on a couch. We just holding court with Crane and Wes and. It is one of the, uh, with Garth Malone, it is one of the most epic. Two times that's happened. Those, those are, you know what I mean? Those organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you get like a, a, a well lubricated weege and oh. like he starts to loosen the screws a little bit. So good, man. I've got a video of it too, man. I'll have to send it to you. It is, I made like a time lapse stuff. It's like a wilting flower of everybody just dying in this lobby. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, now, I, I've shared a shared a hotel room and a, unfortunately a double bed with uh, one Ryan Sipes in Colorado. Um, yeah, and that, that guy likes to likes he to have himself in. some fun. He gets it in. His wife yeah. Holly's right there with him, so it's good, clean fun. Nobody's getting hurt. That's right. There you go. And that'll happen probably at the Gypsy uh, Five Hundred. I'm sure. For sure. Are, are you making it out to any of the uh, the Verb Shred Tour events? I know that one happens to be at the same time as. Uh, Day in the Dirt South, but uh, do yeah, you circle your calendar dirt, for any yeah. of those? I'm trying to make it to the one in Mesquite. The uh, World Mini? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, but I've, we've got to, I've just got to sort out a wrestling tournament. So if, if Caleb makes, uh, if he places in the state, then we're going to go to the Nationals of Virginia Beach, which is that same weekend. So I have to kind of wait. Yeah. The deal was if you top five, top four state, then we will go to nationals. So we're kind of waiting to see. But Brent already asked me about it. So yeah, I definitely want to do it. I I, I do not like giving up a events or money. So yes. if, if it's the right event, I love doing them. Like I don't like giving them up to somebody else. No kidding. Um, that's funny. And then like, so you have you have two sons that are highly athletic. One, I I'm only I'm just waiting for him to make some sort of announcement about like playing major league baseball. Like, how does that work? All my kids are done with baseball. Yeah, they're done. What? But, yeah, my oldest son, he uh, got a scholarship to play, and then he d- decided not to go. And now he's the one that does the house designs. So he's the okay. graphic designer, or not graphic designer. He's a, what do you call it? Freaking architect? architect? Yeah. He's not, he's a he's a CAD designer is what he is. So it's all computer aid, computer aid design. And then my uh, youngest son just finished up last year, and he's going into aviation. He wants to be an airplane mechanic hey. or whatever. 
Yeah. Good money in that. And then Caleb, our, my bonus son, my wife's son, he is a, he's a good little wrestler. So we're enjoying wrestling right now. So Thankfully, all of that happen. athletic ability that you had stored up inside you, you yes. actually, instead of using it yourself, you bestowed yes. it upon others. Yes, because I was not at all, not even average at anything athletic, except for tennis. Now, I'm a region champ in high school, three-year region champ, so I was pretty badass at tennis, but that does nothing. That's not cool at all. Who do you? Who would you put your money on, uh, prime Kevin Kelly or prime Ezra Lusk in the tennis department? Uh, I mean, Ezra play, he played like a – Low A, like he was good. He was good, yeah. Like he was like low key, like really good. Yeah. So I don't probably he knowing him, probably him because athletic freaks that are the shit like that. Like David Bailey, if he didn't choose motorcycling, whatever he chose, he was going to be elite at it. So I think uh-huh. Patrick's the same damn way. So I wouldn't even. I I don't think I would want to mess with that dude. You know another guy that was a, was a professional tennis player. Do you know Big John? John. Um... Security guy that does every Loretta's, all the nationals. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Big John. He was, he played for the Houston Oilers. A as a professional football player. Wow, ten plus years, and he was a professional tennis player. You ever would have guessed that? Never would have guessed that. I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't think he had the the build for that. But no, um, that's wild, dude. Like, like honestly, like I said, we could probably do like fifty of these and repeat no stories and just meander yeah. around. Um, yeah, I do, I do like the way that, uh, winners take y'all does that. Um, where, where can people find it if they're not like, can they find it on a website or is it specific through the, through the verb pod network? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, Instagram and Twitter and that's our winners take y'all on Twitter and Instagram then on the, on verb and YouTube. There you go. Who's, uh, uh, who's on this week? Uh, we had Barsha, but he had to push it back a week. So we've got Nathan Ramsey tonight. Okay. And probably I'm going to try, probably hunt down Josh Greco to be totally honest with you. I'll, I'll, I'll text you his number. Do it. Give me his number immediately. Cause I'm, I want that dude on the show. I got to, I just got to know how, have, a, how and why. Like, yes. you most love riding dirt bikes or do you not want to get a regular job? And I'm not mad at you if that's really the Both. answer. Why not? I mean, don't grow up, dude. You got plenty of years to do that shit. Yeah, no, I, he, I, I actually might do an article on Verb about Josh Greco being the real Peter Pan. Um, <laughs> but it's just like the, the lost boys that don't grow up. I love it. Um, but Kevin, this has been so much fun. Uh, I can't wait for you to actually invite me on to winners take y'all, or maybe I'll just have to, uh, take like a plane, a train or, or an automobile to come down and just, uh, crash the studio. You could, you could absolutely, you could do it and then we could go riding and what, maybe whenever they do a uh, shred tour in South Carolina. Yeah. That's not that far from us. So yeah, I think there's one plan for the shoals. There's a, a Gypsy 500, uh, East in December. I believe it's December 7th or so, whatever that, yeah. So, uh, as we're knocking on the door at Christmas, it's usually pretty cold up here, uh, here in Canada, uh, at that time of year. So, uh, yeah, we might circle that. Any reason to leave. That's that's essentially my mentality. But, uh, yeah, this has been fun. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on, brother. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for making the time. Uh, we'll cut things off. Right there. Now, having a guy like Kevin Kelly on the show uh, is honestly a huge thrill for me, a guy who I grew, grew up looking up to. Uh, we are more than a few years adrift as far as age goes. 
Uh, on maturity level, quite similar though. And uh, I really enjoyed the conversation with Kevin. Uh, I had an opportunity to sit with him at Loretta Lynn's. Obviously it was a pretty rainy program, uh, this last year. And it was, that was one of the most rewarding experiences within all of my time covering the sport. And it's been 10 years now, uh, which is just mind blowing, but, uh, either way, yeah, we're coming up on, uh, we're, we're 10 years almost to the day of me doing this whole thing. And, um, that's certainly up there as somebody who I've looked up to and, um, wanted to sort of model my podcast after someone who has some fun with it, someone who's able to sort of pick out those random bits of knowledge. And I think that's just sort of a gift that I have, uh, to be able to do. And, and, and Kevin certainly is someone who, uh, has that gift as well. And I think through a guy like Kevin is, is someone who I sort of started to like sort of recognize that I too had that sort of skill and, and that that skill had, had value to people. It certainly had value to me. So, um, yeah, I've been, uh, working on that, um, as part of my game, as far as doing the podcast and hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Check out verb pod network episodes, whether it's the squad pod winners take y'all or any of the shows that I do. Uh, I think I mentioned this, this in another episode, but it sounds like Wes Williams is heading his way home back to Boise and, uh, he'll be hooking up with Jason Crane as well as Chase Dollar to produce some vanilla broadcast episodes. That'll be exciting as we all count down the days to the Gypsy 500 World Mini. Registration is already open for that. So if you haven't already signed up, shame on you. Get yourself signed up. And, uh, yeah, if you do, we'll see you there. All right, guys, check out the verb edit contest as well. Verbmoto.com forward slash verb edit contest. And, uh, yeah, go check it out.